Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Happy official December. Happy December. (laughs) I know all you people out there that love Christmas. I'm looking at one of them. I do love Christmas. I, I love Christmas. Too. I do I love mean, it. Like, what am I talking about? You know what? It's funny though because I feel like I haven't been in as much of like the Christmas spirit the last like few years. Because mm-hmm. like I obviously like the pandemic has like made that hard to get into the Christmas spirit when you can't like yeah. do anything. Yeah, of course. Like I just got invited to a Christmas yeah. party like a few days ago, and I and was for like, reference, it's currently October. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's in, we're recording this in October, but um, and it, it even said in the description, it's like I know this is early, but people I make know. Christmas plans so early, and I was like, oh yeah, like we can do that. We can like go to Christmas parties and stuff. I know That's there was true. some that happened last year, and yeah, of course, but the past few winters have obviously been. Yeah, like, you're not really socializing as yeah. much, right? And then, like, even last Christmas, when it was, like, a little bit more acceptable to, like, do things, mm-hmm. both Drew and I got COVID. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, like, I just remember Jade coming to the back door and, like, putting a tray of Christmas dinner <laughs> out for us. And mm-hmm. I was like, thanks, thanks. And just, like, pulled yeah. it inside, like, this little hobbit person, so. And to be honest, I think it's probably safe to say that that's going to be still a lot of people's Christmases this year because like cases are going up it's winter like people are just getting sick more in general and I think we've kind of a lot of experts have predicted that over the next few years like we're not just going to be like all of a sudden rid of COVID no you know it's gonna abundantly clear it's gonna have have more waves and like the winter is just one of those times where it kind of is easier for things to spread and more people again have lower immune systems and and can get sick more often so yeah it's one of those things where, like, the holidays are what we can make of them. Yeah. And But, you know, it's nice if we can... Do what you can. Make it the best. See our friends and our family and And then just also, like, be and careful. Also, like, take care yeah. of yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Cough into your arm, not your hands. Not into someone else's face. Not into somebody else's <laughs> face. No, I, I bitch about it all the time. At least on my social media. Not Maybe not necessarily, like, the How to Not Get Killed <laughs> account. But, like... The amount of fuckheads I see out there still coughing into their hands, COVID or no COVID, you repulse me. (laughs) (laughs) That has been a pet peeve of mine literally since, like, the day of birth when I was like, I'm able to make my own decisions. I I just, it's always been a a bug for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I still see it. I feel like I see it more now. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, no. Come on. No. You're just spreading common colds everywhere, you sicko. (laughs) (laughs) Did not mean for the first 10 minutes of this to turn into me being like, don't do that. <laughs> but, yeah. Life lessons from Becky. Yeah. They're they're always like, they're, they're good life lessons, but they're stern. <laughs> they're stern. They, yeah, they come with consequences. All right. What are we, what are we doing this week? What are we doing? Oh, yeah. We're doing Stranger Things. What yeah. are we doing? Uh, nice little break after the last episode for me. That was mm-hmm. mental torture. It was hard. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Becky, yeah, Becky went through some shit. I, I feel like I always just go through some <laughs> I know, shit. I know. <laughs> she was, like, in my kitchen, like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, because that's the thing with that case is it, it really does just... There's no right or wrong way. <laughs> I know. You're just torn. It's it's difficult. And you know what's less difficult is talking about Stranger Things. 
Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it brings no, us joy. Yes, it brings us joy. There's no, there, there really isn't as much controversy in this one. So yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't bring everybody joy. We, we understand that. Some people don't want to watch it. Also, some people try to watch it and it scares the shit out of them. And that's fine too. I understand. I, I mean, I, get I don't it. think it's scary for me, but I also, I, I would never say someone's wrong for finding it scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, but I feel like that, yeah, there's scary parts, but it's not, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd classify it as scary. No, I wouldn't yeah. either. It's kind of like what Luke was saying. We were talking to Luke about it earlier because as, I don't know. Anyone who's listened to the podcast know must that know now. that Luke does not like scary movies no. at all. Um, and that he's terrified. I think I'm so open about it because I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. That's true. He'll never find out how much I'm really outing him here. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not like Drew where he has to sit there and be like, I just heard what you said about me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but when talking to Luke about it, he was like, I feel like Stranger Things is very much divided between being like a sci-fi and then, like, a fantasy, and then, like, a horror, and, like, you know, a couple other genres that are worked in there, but, yeah. so he's, like, the the amount of time that is spent in the sort of horror genre is yeah. so much more limited to something like a horror movie, where it's all a horror movie. Like, yeah. the, every minute of it is supposed to be, like, in that world of being scared. Yeah. So, I totally get what he means there, and I think that's probably why I don't, I don't find it that scary. But there are yeah. definitely some scary parts, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, definitely. 100 percent mm-hmm. that's true well okay so we've started season three it comes in it's like the shopping mall is a big deal in this season i wanted to, that that is the first thing i wanted to talk about yeah because aesthetically like set wise as far as like um what's the word okay I'm for? I want set, setting yeah. but also just like importance yes of timeline mm-hmm. because that's it is very reflective of the times too of like mm-hmm the emergence of shopping centers and like big box because Mm -hmm. that 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 wasn't always a thing you know what i mean like it Mm -hmm. that's still it's still relatively new from like a historical standpoint some towns are getting their very first shopping mall right and there's loads of towns around us that don't have a shopping mall like i was even talking to someone from sarnia last week i don't think they have a mall or at least not a significant one they do have a pretty big shopping mall but like they but you know, 10, 15 years ago, I can't remember when, when the mall went up, but someone was saying that's even still with the shopping mall. They were like, yeah, but I would come to London all the time to shop. Yeah. So they would drive an hour because we had more shopping malls. Exactly. Like they have a shopping mall, but it's like, we have shopping malls plus shopping centers and then like downtown shopping exactly. and like whatever. Right. So they were like, oh yeah. Cause I had said, have you been to London? They're like, yeah, we used to come there to shop all the time. Yeah. So it's like, there's still even places now where yeah, they have a shopping mall, but it might not yeah. be as big or as whatever as someone else's, right? Exactly. What I find interesting, too, about the whole shopping mall thing, this isn't even necessarily just Stranger Things related. It's more so just, like, historically related of, like, this trend we're going in is because, like, prior to the shopping mall, it was, like, the way to get your things was through catalogs mm-hmm. and, like, shopping over the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the thing. So similar to, like, what we have now with, like, amazon and online shopping Mm -hmm. you know so that was like the way you got your items and then like malls kind of put that out of business and then also put like small local shops out of business Mm -hmm. we're kind of now seeing that happen again with like 
I don't know, the, the extreme push to do all of your shopping online. Mm-hmm. It's like almost going back to that like catalog phase. Yeah, it's very much like an online catalog. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's just so it's it's also, again, pushing a lot of small businesses to close that like mm-hmm. were able to somehow survive even with a mall in their town, let's say, because it had like a good niche or whatever. But like now we're kind of going back to that where it is just like back to catalogs, except for it's online now. Yeah. So. I think, I think so. Yeah, I just found that interesting because, like, they really do highlight it. Like, they show a lot of, like, businesses saying, like, now closing. Like, Mm -hmm. even where Joyce is working, I can't remember where she's working now, but she's, like, basically, like, putting everything on clearance. Yeah. In, like, one of the first episodes, like. And even when, like, she's talking to Hopper and, like, there's, they spend, it seems like almost hours just, like, talking and then all of a sudden someone walks in and she's like, oh, a customer. Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need a service today. (laughs) And they they very explicitly spell that out in Nancy and Jonathan's internship yeah. at the newspaper and obviously they're treating Nancy like absolute fucking garbage but oh, anyways yeah. um she's in the room and she comes with comes up with like a really good idea for a story I can't remember what she said but she, I remember being also like yeah, she was really like good. what about what about uh what's it called Star Court I think is the name of the mall yes, that is. and she's like how many small businesses have closed since the mall opened like Maybe we could interview them and sort of... And then the one guy says, he's like, oh, yes, like, the death of small-town America. And so, like, that's literally what it is. The death of small-town America. That's what's being represented in Hawkins right now because it is a small... Well, I think he just brushes it off and then it's like, you know, oh, you know what he says? He's like, you know what's an even bigger story is the, the case, the mystery of my missing mustard on my sandwich or something like that like yeah. you're on his burger and he takes the thing off or whatever and he's like that's an even better story. Yeah. and they all like fucking call <laughs> nah. her. they're like okay get out of here nancy drew and they call her nancy drew that's what i meant about that trope comes back yeah because they they say it and like they make fun of her kind yeah of way but she literally is nancy drew yeah she fucking rocks it yeah yeah yeah, also, like, Jake Busey does, like, a really good job of being, like, a fucking dick this entire show. Yeah, I know. I like, know. Like, he's so good at just, like, you just want to fucking choke him. I like, know. Like, you just want to go up and be like, you piece of shit. He's the worst. Because <laughs> like, he's such a little weasel bitch. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I think, I obviously, that storyline is supposed to sort of represent, you know, how hard it is for, still, but, like, especially at that time, how hard it was for women entering the workplace. And just to and be taken seriously, like, at all. At all, yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing, is that they they use her and Jonathan being, like, you know, where she's like, well, you don't have a problem because they like you. And he's yeah. like, well, like, they're going to like you, too. It's just blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, you get to see how poorly she's treated. Yeah. And how... Yeah, and how uh, much harder she has to work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Just to even be, like, heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it is interesting because... When they get fired from the newspaper internship, they have a conversation in the car where Jonathan's like, you're just, you know, living in your own little world and, like, everything from, like, a privileged life and everything's going to work out for you. So, like, you didn't even give a thought to, like, your actions and the consequences being that you're losing the internship, but also that I'm losing it, too. Yeah, and you know what? He, like, was not wrong. He has a point. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing. She even goes home and talks to her mom, and she's like, I, I wasn't thinking about him. But it's because she's trying to stand up for herself in, yes. a, in a situation that Jonathan doesn't understand. And Jonathan and then, also didn't stand up for her kind of thing. Like Yeah, and then she also doesn't understand his situation because he's like, I my life is very different than yours. Like, I can't just get anything yeah. or whatever at any whim. Like, we're, like, he doesn't say it, but basically, like, we're poor. Like, we we've struggled like we work together you at least have had the benefit of living like a privileged life and come from like a 
well-off family and yeah you have the opportunities and everything even like going to college and stuff it's like they don't say it explicitly i can't remember if they say it in season four maybe but like i don't think jonathan has the money to go to college without a scholarship i think it is talked about yeah so it's like nancy will probably still get a scholarship because she's intelligent but yeah if she didn't, they would have the money to send her to college. Yeah. Whereas, like, Jonathan doesn't have any fallback on that. Yeah. He has to, I think, like, he has to yeah. build his resume. He has to get every the best and best of everything yeah. to get in because he needs a scholarship yeah, to go to he college. Has to, like, rely Otherwise, he fully. can't go. Exactly. So, it's interesting that they pin her sort of like uh, the sexism that she's experiencing against the sort of classism he's experiencing exactly. you know it's like it's a really yeah difficult scenario because like neither of them are wrong like they're both ve- like very valid and feeling the way that they feel yeah and that's kind of just it like yeah. it's not really like, it's not really like they're you're like, gonna find a solution to either yeah really sure. you can't just solve either of those problems overnight so yeah you're both right <laughs> like it sucks on both ends really yeah yeah it's rare that that happens where you're just like no we're both right and this is just shitty <laughs> yeah, and we're both experiencing bad things, but from, like, completely different parts of our lives, exactly. basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you want to get into first? Mm-hmm. What do you want to get into first? Was there something else I was going to say about that? I can't remember. No, maybe um, not. Maybe not. About the newspaper. I maybe It'll come to me if there is anything else. Yeah. Um. Um. So, maybe... I, I, you know why here? Maybe let's start out on like a positive note. This is just like a little pinpointy I have about how like Hopper as a dad figure. I know, I know that there's probably people that are like, oh, he's so overbearing and overprotective. And you know, like, cause like, yeah, he is kind of like, you can't deny that. But like, it is my favorite thing ever to watch Mm -hmm. because it it comes from such a place of like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to lose this one. Like, that's the way he looks at it, where it's just like, this is my second chance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I didn't get a long enough time with my first child. I get yeah. to I get to do it again. Like, And I think that's where any sort of sense of like, oh, like, chill out, Hopper. Like, I think that's where that comes from as far as when I'm watching it personally. I always remember that, like, he lost his daughter. Yeah. And so he's so, so worried about losing this one. Yeah. And... I don't blame him for anything. Like, it, it is, it's very endearing almost to watch, like, his, him struggle through that because yeah. he's, like, it's it's funny because he's straight up just sort of, like, all my problems would be solved if, like, Mike wasn't here. Yeah. He's, like, what if I just kill him, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that he jumps to the extremes. Like, yeah. he's literally just, like, what if I just take him out of, out of the picture? And, and the thing entirely. is, is, like, that's the funniest thing because he's only looking at what, at what's right in front of him he doesn't he's not thinking about the fact that like then she would just get another boyfriend yeah, like, like you, can't, you know you can't then she'll kill just, all of them then she'll just run away at night like yeah. what you expect <laughs> um so it it is yeah it's you very funny to all watch of them you can't it's very funny to watch him go through that process yeah and joyce like coach and, him through like and he makes it so comical like yeah <sighs> yeah yeah yeah. And I would imagine, like, relatable for... I'm not a parent, but, like, relatable probably for, like, fathers of daughters who were, like, the door three inches open and you're always trying to, like, look in and see, like, what are they... Yeah. And they're, like, when the part where he looks in and they're kissing, he's like, hey! And then he, like, he, like falls, falls out of his chair and then comes in and they're just both completely on separate the ends of the bed and they're, like, reading magazines. They're like, what's up? Like... <laughs> what's up? It's... <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Oh, man. I, I, I just think, love it. Yeah, I think their relationship... Like Hopper and Elle is so sweet. It's just yeah, it's, to me, it's one of my favorite like storylines. Yeah, it, it me really too. is because it's just 
Yeah. Well, even, like, in the second season where, like, they're getting into fights and, like, she's having, like, psychic tantrums. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's sort of like, if you were a parent watching that, I I would imagine half of you would be like, yeah, yeah, been there. And then the other half would be like, oh, never been there, though. Yeah. Never had a child be able to, like, no. smash all the windows in my house at once no. with their mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is interesting how they they balance that sort of, like, Elle becoming, like, a teenager. Yeah. And, like, teenager-y moods and, like... Angsty. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. all that angst with <sighs> her being, like, the telekinetic, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing, too, I think I had mentioned this in the last episode about this, the whole, or maybe it was in the first one, but this is, it's in this season that Hopper says the line, I think, that made me realize, or maybe think about the police corrup- corruption, kind corruption? of. Yeah, corruption, yeah, yeah. Corruption. Yeah. Collu- the, the eruption. <laughs> <laughs> the eruption. <laughs> the uh, police, like, corruption thing is he actually says the line... And I can't remember the scene now. I should have made note of this. He says, I can do anything I want. I'm the chief of police. Um, and I just think it's, again, they're they're just prodding at that. It's not any sort of, like, yeah. Hopper's a big corrupt police officer. But it I think just they're like, just always kind of putting it there that Hopper can do the things that he can do because he's a police officer. Yeah. And we know he's doing them for the right reasons, again. Yeah. So we're not we're not upset about it. Yeah. But, but at the same we time, we can never is. forget the fact that, like... He can get he can get through doors. He can cover things up. Yeah, that he can a get away person with would just have a lot more yeah. trouble with. Yeah, and like right? we said in the first two like parts of the series is like, yeah, there are times where he like literally whoops people's asses. <laughs> where like he yeah. should probably face some consequences for that. <laughs> yeah. Like he but should get a slap on the wrist. And we love it. And we're and like, we're like yeah. go Hopper, <laughs> break his nose, <laughs> fuck him up. <laughs> oh man. Well, okay, here. Let's talk about let's talk about Dustin. Let's of talk course, about Dustin. Of course, of course. Because he kind of is the reason why this season even kicks off the way it kicks off because he's the one that intercepts the transmission right off the get-go and is like mm-hmm. shit's not cool. Mhm. But first, let's talk about the Phoebe Cates thing. Oh, yes. Because. Yeah. So I know you and me talked about, but at the beginning of, like, this episode, he comes back from his, like, camp away from summer. Away from summer. Away from home. Like, just for the summer. And he's, like, telling all the guys about how he has a girlfriend named Susie now. And he describes her as looking like Phoebe Cates, but better. And then when they finally, like, do show Susie, like, later on, at I think it's, like, it's closer. The last it's, like, the episode. last. Yeah, I think yeah. it is the very last episode, isn't so. it? But she actually does totally look like she could be, like, Phoebe Cates' daughter or, like, what Phoebe Cates looked like as, as a like, child. a young kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, she's just, like, this adorable, precious little version of Phoebe Cates. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, it's just so funny that, like... Yeah, they they did a really good job of having him describe, like, oh, this is this, like, hot actress that I love, but they did it into, like, child form, where it's, like, Dustin as a kid Mm -hmm. sees Susie as, like, oh, yeah, that's... That's, that's Phoebe Cates. That's Phoebe Cates. Uncanny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, of course she, like, resembles her, but it's just, like, this adorable, like, 
girl that's the same age as him. Yeah. It's just so innocent. Like, it's very cute. Because, like, even remember when we were younger, and you're like, oh, that guy looks just like, and it would be, like, some older actress, but, like, child form. Yeah. Where yeah, we yeah. were like, that's, but he's our age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just, it's just so, it was so cute and well done. Like, And then me and you were dying when we were watching the last episode, oh last night of season three, because when Stephen... <laughs> Um, Robin go into the video store. He yeah. walks into a like life size Phoebe stand up cutout of Phoebe Cates. Yeah, yeah from Fast Times. And, yeah. I, and I was like, wait, that's Phoebe Cates. Like, yeah, that's Phoebe Cates. <laughs> so they just like keep it going, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Okay, so I think the Billy storyline here. There's quite a few tie-ins for me. Obviously, okay. the whole. I think there. His character, the way he's sort of, like, getting people one by one, I think resembles a bit of a sort of, like, serial killer type, yes. like, plan. But yeah. then they're not they're not dying right, outright. They're then walking around as if things are normal. Like hosts, almost. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's where... Um, this is what I said before we started the episode, where I was like, oh, I just confirmed something. So... When the people sort of, like, not dying and him, again, not, like, taking these victims outright. Yeah. Um, but them walking around and sort of looking like themselves but seeming different. Because mm-hmm. Nancy and Jonathan call that out about their boss. She's like, you see how much he was sweating? He just seemed different. different. Like, um, Mrs. Driscoll. Yeah. Right? So the old woman that with the yes. rabid rats and everything. And, and Nancy is kind of like, that's what and starts her onto what's this. what's her face from the pool? Heather. Heather, that's it. Yep, thank you. So, to me, that was very much, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. haven't, I've heard of it, though. I haven't seen the 70s version. There was, like, a 1950s and then, like, a 1970s. So, we watched the 1950s one in one of my film classes. It might have been the sci-fi class, like, that I took. Um... And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling like it's very much, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because the whole plot of the movie is that someone kind of, like, start saying, like, mm, I don't know, my husband's acting, like, weird. Like, he looks the same, but he just doesn't seem like my husband, you know? Oh, and that's the whole plot of it. And then they start finding out that, like, body snatchers, right? That it's, like, the, all, all these people are being, like, hosts to this sort of, like, Thing. weird species. Yeah. And then eventually they shed the host and then it, like, comes wow. out or whatever, right? <laughs> so that's the whole plot of it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I definitely get those vibes. So when I looked up the movie um, and I looked up the cast, there is a character in the movie named Elizabeth Driscoll. Like, Mrs. Driscoll. Okay. In the show. Okay. And that's why I was like, oh, that's not that's an accident. That's too on the nose. That's not an accident. Yeah. In the 70s version, her name is Elizabeth Driscoll. In the 50s version, her name is Becky Driscoll. No fucking way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> also, I really want to watch the 70s version because okay. looking up the cast. So, the main cast is Donald Sutherland. Oh, hell yeah. Brooke Adams plays Elizabeth Driscoll, which I'm not sure who she is. And Jeff Goldblum. Fuck yeah. I know. Fuck And yeah. then Veronica Cartwright. Those are like the top. And then um, like Leonard Nimoy's in it. Oh, damn. Okay. Don Siegel. Like, yeah. So there's like a lot of, yeah, I want to watch it. You said, and it's the 70s version that's that you're just, talking like, about. like 1978. So that's another thing too, where it's like that would have come out right on the cusp, cusp of like just before the 80s, right? So right. I think they're probably, it was the resurgence of like. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right? And yeah. maybe storylines in TV this. and movies. So that very much 
I think is played on in this season. Yeah. Because, the, uh, again, they're all walking around seemingly normal, but just uh, off. Yeah. And a just little, a little off. Just a little off. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a and little bit. And then they just melt down and morph into one Pretty giant, much, yeah. enormous monster. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you about how you felt about Karen's almost interaction with Billy. Almost. Like, because she gets ready. Yeah, almost a fair. Yeah. 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 Again, I think that they, because we talked about this in the first season when Nancy talks about her nuclear family. My mom just married my dad because he was older and had a cushy job and they bought a house at the end of the cul-de-sac and did the same. started their nuclear family, right? Yeah. And she very much kind of outs her parents as like not really being happy. Yeah. And just being more like convenience content yeah. yeah so i think that this is the progression of that storyline mm -hmm. where it's because if you think about it you know let's like flash back to like 1940s 1950s where again everyone just kind of like you got married young you started the you nuclear the family american dream like whatever yeah we were seeing the huge rise in like divorce rates mm -hmm. from like the 80s 90s 2000s like from those marriages right yes because people realized that after a long time, they're like, oh, I'm not happy. And I married, like you said, out of convenience and not out of love. Or like, yeah, what I was supposed to do. And I think that Karen represents that. And they continue down that road as far as like the first season, she's just like the content housewife. And she's maybe not yeah. the happiest, but it's fine. But you let that fester for too long and then, and then some of them go looking fine. for happiness somewhere else Elsewhere. right yeah. and i think that's sort of what they're playing with there yeah where not only is this like you know like very attractive young man giving you attention that yeah. probably makes you feel really good and you want to like explore that but yeah. also it's not something you're getting from your husband yeah so those two things have to be both happening for someone to go out and want to have an affair yeah. so it's yeah it is interesting it, yeah yeah it was interesting and and that's really what i get from it i get that sort of breakdown of the nuclear family theme carried throughout and that's sort of where they're yeah they're bringing it to where it's like this is what but again she doesn't do it so she they're sort of like this is what could happen in a family where the parents aren't happy yeah but not everyone turns to that right no, of course yeah like there's always other options obviously we know that yeah but you kind of like yeah. I don't know. I think they kind of frame it in a way where, not that um, Nancy and Mike's dad is, like, a bad person. No. He seems like a perfectly normal guy. No, like we said, he's funny. It just seems like, <laughs> yeah, it just seems like they have, like, more of, like, a boring life, right? Yeah. Like, I think she more is, like, not that person who cheats because, like, her husband's awful. It's more like, if she Mundane. were to cheat, it would be because, like her marriage life isn't exciting anymore. Exactly. She's she not wants... getting the love and affection that she wants and needs. So like she's going out and getting it somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I really, I think, I remember when, when Drew and I first watched it, like when it originally came out this season, like, and it was getting to that point, we both just kept being like, we really hope that they don't have her do it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it, it, that's a hard thing to come back from. Yeah. Like as a character where it's like, not that like not that anyone should feel shame about something that happens within their relationship. Like we're not, we're not the ones to judge. That's not no, what no, I'm no, saying. But like when you're watching it as a character, it would be harder to later like 
not respect her, but just like have good opinions about her. You would always have that in the back of your mind. Like, why didn't you just like go tell your husband first that you wanted to divorce? Like you would always, it would yeah. be in the back of your head about her character. And it's because, again, her husband is not a terrible person. Exactly. He's just boring. Yeah. So you would. Just fucking boring. So if she went and did that, it would villainize her and you would, would feel sympathy for him. Because it's sort yeah. of like, well, what did he do that was so wrong? Exactly. You should have just talked to him, right? Where yeah. like, because he's, it's not that he's not doing anything wrong. He he is in the way of like the lack of effort. But again, he sort of does embody that like stereotypical yeah. breadwinner dad who's like, I work all day, so I come home and I'm not going to do anything because yeah. like my sandwich better be ready. Yeah, like straight up, like <laughs> yeah. that's that's the stereotype, <laughs> it and is that's true, that's yeah. what he's embodying. And um, yeah, if so, again, if he was a really terrible person, like someone like Billy's dad. And the wife yeah. went out and cheated on him. We'd probably the audience be like, yeah. would be with her because she's being victimized. And that's yeah. something where you're like, anything to get you away from him, anything, right? Yeah. That's yeah. usually the only scenario I find in media where someone sides with someone who's having an affair. Exactly. Where it's like, you're in a really bad situation, though, and you're having an affair to try and, like, either escape from it, like, just temporarily. Or just or even, to like, a mental escape release. Escape from like... it. Yeah, entirely. Yeah. So... Yes, especially with characters, I understand completely why they didn't have her go through with it. Because yeah. it would be hard to... Yeah. It would be hard to redeem herself. Like, because... Yeah. yeah, and it just... It was it was nice because when you realized she wasn't going to do it, that's when you were just like, fuck yeah, Karen. Like, mm-hmm. now we're getting to mm-hmm. see you as a character on your own individual instead of just, like, kind of being, like, a filler here and there. Yeah, and you get to see her thought process and, yeah. like, her, like having a tough time with like those emotions and like the which options she should choose and that's how they kind of get around they they bring up that topic of like people in unhappy marriages having affairs without her actually having one but you know that she thought really hard about it she almost had it she almost did it so you kind of get that yeah. scenario without it actually happening yeah because they show you her going yeah through thinking about it i i just thought it was just hilarious too that they showed like all the women there just like oh my god yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> like waving chest at, like popped yeah, out, like... out. <laughs> and he's just like walking by like nice new bathing suit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair karen's like hot like oh, she's a hot jesus mom. christ yeah, yeah. Oh like gosh. that's a given that didn't even like need to be said yeah. it's so obvious like <laughs> Like he would, he would yeah. be privileged, and that's the thing. Yeah, like <laughs> that's the thing. Honestly, like it's it's him who's winning here, not the other way around. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Another thing that I noticed that I think is just I don't know if it's a reference or if I'm reading into it hard, but you're like maybe the only person in the world that would understand it because okay. you've seen Stand by Me so okay, many times. Yeah. Is that when Billy's at the pool and he's lifeguarding, like, I think it's the first time they show that when all the women are like, oh, um, and he shouts at a kid and he's like, hey, lard ass. Yeah. That, I that, had flashbacks to stand by yeah. me for that. And I don't, again, I don't know if they're just like doing it as far as like they used that term because Billy's just a dick. I think, <laughs> I think both. But I don't. Because I have never in my life really even heard that term used anywhere else other than Stand By Me. Yeah, and that's but the that, thing. But again, is that the only movie I watched? Probably. 
So like, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I just yeah. don't see it anywhere else. And that's else. the thing is like, I'm sure there are other examples of people <laughs> using that, but because it's so heavily used in Stand By Me. And that's the thing is it's like, it's literally chanted for like two minutes straight. Yeah. From the story that he tells, <laughs> like it's, right? Yeah. And it's like the boy he writes the story about is literally called yeah. Lardass. Yeah. And everyone calls him that. And it's yeah. like, that's the, the trauma, of course, that he experiences. So yeah. Billy saying that, I was like, oh. I don't think that was an accident. Yeah. Like, he I, could I have called so. him anything. So he that's kind of why anything. I'm like... Yeah. I think that... It, I, yeah. Again, we know the Duffer Brothers are a huge fan of... Clearly. Stand By Me. So that I, I, I wanted wonder. to point that out. And I was like, mm, yeah, I think that's I think that's a reference. I think so. I think... Yeah, I agree. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm glad you caught that. Because, like, I remember when it happened, I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But then I, like, didn't write it down. You're like, that's familiar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, like, right away, I, like, was like, Lord, us. Lord. Yeah, like, that's why like, I like, heard the chanting in my head. Because you hear it in your head. You yeah. can't hear that at all without hearing the chanting in your head if you've seen Stand By Me. Like, yeah. I can guarantee you you're doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can I can see inside your brain. Yeah, I can see the brain works happening. It's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was. We'll ask them one day. We'll sit them down and ask. If I could. Wouldn't that be cool? What if, what if one questions. day, Haley, what if one day, like, we're, we're at a level where they listen to these reviews? I don't even want to think about it. I'm going to throw up. I honestly <laughs> don't want to think about that because I feel like I, then I, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I take it all back. I take it back. I take it all back. Cancel everything. Cancel the show. <laughs> no, we say, like, nothing but good things. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> So, like, come on. Um, I also love... we've Okay, well, we'll talk about the new character this season, Robin. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. that. Let's do that. Because Robin is the fucking best human being ever. I know. She's she is, so, like... She's so she's cool. She's so funny. She's so cool. She just... Her story, I just... I love her. Mm-hmm. I just love her. Um, there's one scene I wrote down... Um, I guess it doesn't happen until, like, later in the show. So, like, we're technically jumping, like, earlier to, like, the end of this season. But it doesn't matter. Uh, it's more about Steve. We'll talk about it when we get to Steve. But I fucking love Robin. Like, she just... She, <laughs> it's, a, it's more of a Steve thing. So I was going to say, like, we can talk about Robin and we can talk about Robin and Steve's relationship. Because, yes. Because, well, okay, that's here. Then well. This is great. Because I think this is what starts them onto the relationship they, like, currently have in season four. Mm-hmm. Is this part here. Like... Steve puts himself out there. Yeah, he does. In in quite a theatrical way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, in a very heartfelt way where you're, like, borderline crying because mm-hmm. you're just, like, you feel it. And he pours his heart out. But what I loved about this moment when he's, like, basically just confessing all of his feelings to her and how much, how important she is to him. Mm-hmm. He, he handles being rejected by her so unbelievably perfectly mm-hmm. that it's, like... It, it just felt so natural where it was just like, well, all of my feelings still apply. Like, I still love you. Like, yeah, just I yeah. all of a sudden now love you differently because she goes on to confess that she likes girls and and he just immediately like accepts her. He doesn't yeah. question her. He doesn't do anything. He just like he doesn't even make it a big deal. No, he has one split second moment of confusion when she when says... When he's like, what the fuck, you don't like me? <laughs> when, yeah, when she's like, like I, I didn't... She's like, I wasn't jealous of you because I liked you. She's like, I was jealous of you because the girl that I liked was looking like at you. you. And yeah. he was like, wait, but Tammy, whatever her name is, um, he's like, but she's a girl. And he has like one moment where he's like just genuinely oh. confused. And yeah. then he stops and is like... Oh. Oh. 
Yeah, and and then that's it, really. And, that's, and then that's it. Because I think that there is a lot of, whether you're a guy or a girl, there are people out there that will take rejection so personally mm-hmm. that they can't get past it and be friends with that person. They're like, no, you've affronted me so drastically yeah. that, like, and it's I like, can't... But it isn't even a you thing. I, I just no, of physically course. cannot even be, like... <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it probably makes the blow a bit easier when someone's like, no, no, I just... I'm not interested in anyone of your gender. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, like, your It's entire... not you as a person, <laughs> yeah. right? Whereas sometimes when it's, like, when you have to be that direct and you're like, no, it, it, I'm just not interested in you as a person, that's harder it to is, take. Yeah. And some I do understand why some people take that rejection too hard to be able to stay friends yeah. with someone like that but um but yeah you're right he does handle it extremely well and it does obviously lay such a an amazing foundation for their continued friendship mm-hmm. because yeah he's he everything he yeah. said isn't untrue he's yeah. like nancy wasn't the right person for me i think i found someone better for me yeah and it doesn't and in, necessarily in a lot of ways robin is still that better person for exactly. him because she's fulfilled that like friendship role that nancy also gave to him yeah but he also got like obviously a different side of nancy as well but like yeah that like camaraderie is still there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and then so it's like yeah you did find someone better for you someone who's like a friend to you and that it it has to be platonic because of the nature of your friendship and and who she is as a person so that's even better where it's like now there's someone that you can that you guys can build each other up and be friends and like tell each other how great you are to go out and find that 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 perfect person for you right and Yeah. yeah And it's just, again, it circles back to what we were talking about, I think, in, what was it, part two? Yeah, season two. Like, about how delicately they, they handle these situations. Because Robin doesn't really go on to come out to anybody else. No. Throughout the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's still kept relatively a secret until, like, closer to the end of season four. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. But it's just... I don't know. I, I like the way they're presenting it as in, like, it's okay to do these things and, like, come out to people that, like, you know are going to support you. And it just, like, mm-hmm. it was just handled with, like, such grace. Mm-hmm. It was just nice to see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I love her character. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh, I she's love... fucking hilarious. Like... <laughs> I, I love the fact that, like... <laughs> Her and Erica get dragged into, like, literally a underground Russian, like, and military just, base and or like, whatever. We got this. And Rob is just like, yeah, whatever, I'm good. Like, and that she's just like, I'm good with languages. And then, like, basically, like, learns Russian. I yeah. mean, not fully. Like, when, when they're in the yes. room and the one guy says something and she... What did it translate to? Oh, my to? God. It was something now. so fucking ridiculous. I can't it remember was part, now. It was part of the code that they were learning. Where it was, yeah. like, tread... It was... She says, tread lightly. And then there's yeah. something about, like, a silver cat or something yeah. or whatever. And then she just keeps saying it. Yeah, and, and they're, like, dying. <laughs> and then Steve, this is the part I mentioned, where, like, then Steve tackles the guy. Because Steve's always the one that will take the punch. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so he's, and, like, like, whatever. literally absorb it into his skull. Yeah, he's, like, whatever, it's going to be me. <laughs> so he, like, me. tackles him, whatever. And then he smacks him over the face with, like, the walkie mm-hmm. thing on the cord and literally knocks him out. And Dustin's, like, Steve, <laughs> you did it. You want to fight. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dead. Because it's just, again, commenting on itself. Yeah. Where it's like, we've watched two seasons of Steve, like, get the shit kicked out of him. How's he alive? Yeah. And so you're like, Steve doesn't win fights, right? And then Dustin's commenting on it. So it's kind of, it's very self-aware. Yeah. And then in the next scene, Steve gets the shit kicked out of him because it's always like the one side too. Like, I don't know how his eye hasn't just been like, 
enough. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work out. anymore. Yeah. It's just, like, an empty socket now. <laughs> and so to that whole um, interrogation scene, right? Yeah. Because this is all playing into the MK Ultra themes. Um, with That was part of... I mean, part of the goal of MK Ultra was to be able to identify spies, be able to plant spies, be able to interrogate people properly to be able to, like, get the truth out of them, right? Yeah. Like, there was all of these goals, right? To weaponize people, right? With yeah. all the psychic experiments and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, one of the things that they would do, right, is um, drug unknowing people with, like, LSD yeah. or ecstasy or whatever, psilocybin, and then they would, like, try and interrogate them and see if they would do... See if they could get the truth out of them, like a truth serum type yeah. thing, or also see if they could, like, hypnotize them to do things, right? These are all the things. So the fact that they're, like, truth serum, and they inject them with something, and then afterwards they're straight up high on probably LSD. Yeah. Um, having a fucking time. Having the time of their lives. Like, like, <laughs> like, they're having a time. It is so funny to me. And then I do love how there is, like, a very, very abrupt cut, too, when they just start vomiting like crazy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Which is also realistic, because... Because very they would have been very much playing with the dosage of these things. They would have been like, extremely be dehydrated. Entirely, <laughs> entirely experimental. So yeah. bad. Oh, super dehydrated, right? <laughs> super dehydration. And so then they're just puking and they're like, oh yeah, the ceiling stopped spinning. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, that whole scene is so good. And they're just like laughing about shit. And like the people even trying to like interrogate them are like frustrated yeah. with how much fun they're having with it. And it's like, you just gave two, two kids basically, like two numbers skulls like you know what i mean like yeah. they're out to have a good time anyway yeah <laughs> like exactly. out of all of the people in the show like these are the guys that just like want to have a good time yeah you just shut them up with like a fun drug basically yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but kids don't do drugs don't do drugs don't do heavy drugs don't do drugs you can smoke a little weed <laughs> <laughs> but oh god it's so funny it's so yeah, funny it's one of my favorite just like general yeah. continuing scenes of them yeah stumbling around high and so like good. dustin and erica having to literally babysit them. and like that's the thing is okay erica erica yeah. is a fucking badass like and she continues to be a badass i know like, i know there there is just and she's so you know what i love about her character she is so sure of herself Mm -hmm. Like, she's one of those people that's like, no, I know exactly what I'm about. I know what I do and I don't do. And these are my values and my core everything. And this is me. Yeah, her principles are unshakable. Unshakable. <laughs> she's like 11. She's 10, I and, think. And that's the thing is she is so assertively herself that you're just like, damn, Erica. Yeah, I'm like, I'm an right. adult I'm not gonna, woman I'm and I don't negotiate with you. like the... the <laughs> confidence that you have absolutely like... <laughs> not she like literally puts me to shame <laughs> i'm watching her and i'm like i should be a little bit more sure of myself yeah um oh. and i love that they play off of the whole nerd trope that has been going on obviously throughout yes. all of these seasons that like these kids are nerds they're fucking nerds um, we know it <laughs> and erica's like even like season two when yeah. when their mom is taking pictures of lucas and she's like mouthing she's like nerd, nerd. yeah <laughs> and so she's like always calling them nerds because she's like i'm yeah. cool and you guys are like nerds yeah and then her and dustin have that conversation yeah. when they're in the vent or whatever and he she does like a math equation and he's like whoa what the heck and then all the stuff and he's like so you know how you know how to do math really well or whatever and then yeah. he's like and you watch like 
and then the um my little pony and everything and she's like what's what's wrong with my little pony and then he like goes on about yeah. like the dragons and the castles and whatever and all stuff yeah. and and she's like well how do you know so much about my little pony he's like because i'm a nerd yeah and so are you and yeah. that's the thing where he's like they're turning it on its head where it's sort of like yeah even if you think you're cool everybody's in yes. everybody nerds out about something of course that's the thing is of that course. they're, they're stereotype of I being mean, a nerd is so confined in like one little box that exactly we're in media that we're always like oh yeah that kid with the glasses is a nerd the nerd yeah. right and yeah and so it's just they're teasing that apart and exactly being like because again even steve steve's like the cool guy in school right but sometimes he straight up just seems like nerdy well like he's hanging out with children constantly he's a fucking loser <laughs> like i mean you want to put it one way he's a nerdy little guy too like he's hanging out with dustin constantly and they're playing like i don't know <laughs> like when robs and robbers out in Robin's the street like your children are here your children. and then when, when more of them come and she's like how many children are you friends yeah with? like she's like should i be like alarmed here <laughs> But, like, no, back to Erica, because we just watched it last night mm-hmm. when um, Dustin does, like, Planks Constant with Susie and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, there's, like, an exchange between Dustin and Erica, and she's like, I told you I'm a nerd, but I'm not a nerd nerd, and, like, corrects him, like, yeah, yeah you know what, I am a fucking nerd, but not not as bad as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's like, you shut the hell up. But then at the end, when um, Will is getting, when they're moving, and Will is getting rid of his stuff... And yeah. he gets rid of his Dungeons and Dragons books because he's like, well, I'll just come back and use yours, Mike. Yeah. Um, and they then give, Dustin give and Lucas give them to her. And so I love that because think, it's like it's the way those... he presents it to her, too, is very like oh, yeah. on par for the conversations of they course. were having, yeah. the two of them. And I think I think that was supposed to be like a subtle way of dustin being like are you ready to officially be a nerd nerd because here yeah. you go here you're about to graduate nerd it. status yeah yeah like exactly. so when she took the box i took that as like she is accepted being a nerd nerd which we see in season four. Oh, absolutely she is and that's what i was gonna nerd. say it's like it's <laughs> foreshadowing yes season four erica 100%. and it's amazing but yeah it's one of those things where they give it to her and they're like stop being in denial you're yeah. a nerd and you love it. And she just yeah. takes it and smiles. <laughs> yeah. Because she's like, you know what? They got me, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, she, I love she, her. She's 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 amazing. She is like hilarious. I love that character so much. She's the best. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is I'm really happy that with this season they found a way to force Max and Elle together. Yes. Yeah. Because Max is actually, like, although there was, like, a frustrating moment where it's just kind of like, that might not be the best advice to give. Mm -hmm. She is, like, such a good friend. Mm -hmm. That's the friend you want. Mm -hmm. To look at you and be like, you're not dressing like yourself. You need to have your individuality. What do you want to do? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, give you your voice. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I don't know, it's just so nice to see because, like, not, not even, like, a lot of, like, girlfriends have that growing up Mm -hmm. where like usually you grow up with like catty friends or like gossipers and it's just like you don't always have that experience of a friend being like what do you want like i want to stand by your side and watch you wear that weird outfit that you love so much like you know what i (laughs) mean like what's yeah what feels like you you. and i think she frames it in a good way where it's like it it very easily if the characters weren't weren't written well but it would still be realistic for a young girl to be saying like oh well like i'll tell you what looks good or like what's fashionable right now or like what other people are gonna like on you or whatever right where it's like no the way she actually says is like what feels like you yeah and that's how you know because she's like because i was like how do i know what i like she's like what feels good yeah Yeah. which just brings you back to like how much she just has no 
yeah. has never really been in a situation like this before and has been so cut off from the real exactly. world. So she's like, how do I even know what I like? Which is just, yeah. it's quite sad. It is sad. But, but again, we forget that she is like the lab rat. That yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. We keep saying she's just like this like thing that needs to be like morphed into her own person. And mm-hmm. I think Max is like that perfect role to push her push l to have like an identity Mm -hmm. because like as much as mike does the same thing yeah he might not be that person that's like you need to find you like take the time to find yourself like because the nature of their relationship mike and l began with him kind of like a protector a protector and though them sort of like actually taking care of each other in opposite situations Mm -hmm. where it's like he's helping her by giving her like literally a roof over her head and food and stuff yeah and then she protects him when they're in these situations where he's going to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's the balance of their relationship. Yeah. But that's also how it all started. So it's almost all they know. Yeah. Right? Whereas they don't know. They're exploring how to be two young people in a relationship in a world where there isn't the threat of death all the yeah. time. <laughs> and they both have roofs over their, their heads yeah. and they're eating and that's fine. You know? So it's like, now <laughs> what do healthy. we do? Now what do we talk now about? What? Right? Yeah. And so, like you said, I think he's not that he doesn't care about her. He's just not thinking about the importance of her developing exactly. that identity. He's exactly. more like her identity is being it's my a, girlfriend, yeah. which again is not, <laughs> it's not it, an identity. It, it's not in a malicious way. It's more just, he's like, that's my identity is also being her boyfriend. Yeah. You know? And like, and, that's also just like that age. Exactly. Exactly. That like it, they very much in this season represent the first boyfriend, first girlfriend. They just want to spend all their time together. Yeah. Their friends are so annoyed Will by makes it. They're it like, abundantly it's clear that it's yeah. annoying. <laughs> and even like um, Lucas or whatever, him having a girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like, this is annoying. And um, Max is like, it's romantic or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're, they're like lovers quarrel that <laughs> happens like constantly throughout everything. It's just like, it is honestly entertaining. I love that. What, it is Max so funny. Lucas? Yeah, how they're yeah. just like constantly on and off. It is the funniest thing. Yeah. Because it's so reflective of like how those young re- quote unquote relationships yeah. actually go. Because like, you remember having like a boyfriend in elementary yeah. school and it was like, first period you're dating fifth period you're fucking done yeah, <laughs> like you know so what true. i mean and it's just like and it's so dramatic like it's, it's like yeah just... it's like within three days you had like gotten together found for Married, my first moved love away. then like uh, there's been adultery there's been murder <laughs> there's been whatever like by the three days and then you're like okay actually no it's the, yeah. it was the worst heartbreak of my life and i'm done now i'm done <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the those that young love, right? That those young relationships. They did a good that, job of writing it well. Of course, really. of course, because it's all in in mixed in those like developing emotions and and everything, right? And so Max is that person, like you said, for Elle, who's like also like it's super fun to have girlfriends. Yeah, it's super fun to have because the boys are they have their stuff that they do. They've been friends forever yeah. before me and you showed up. They have their Dungeons and Dragons stuff. They have yeah, their whatever. They're nerds. Like their their things. Even if you were like boys who were like playing sports together, right? Like she's like they have stuff they do together, so we can have stuff that we do together yeah. as well. And they very much embody the whole like typical sleepover. And yeah, they, like they you go know, to the mall, and they go, go shopping, shopping, and then they like talk about boys, and yeah. then like and then again it gets like not relatable when Elle's like, well, I can spy on them. <laughs> I remember sitting there being like, I wish. Right? Because we I know was, we would have done it. We oh, of course we would have done it. Of course we would have. Of course. 
Yeah. I would and do it now. Of course, the boyfriend would just be like sitting there farting, doing absolutely nothing. Like, you know what I mean? I love that later when they find out, Mike's like, what if I was taking a shit? And it's like, you and basically she were. She was though. like, you literally crapped yourself. Like, <laughs> so, honestly, like, I feel like if I spied on Drew, that's all I'd see. And it'd be like, well, that's nothing news to me. Like, of course, he just sits there, farts, and plays video games yeah, all day. I know. I know this. Already. Yeah, same like Luke. I'm like, okay, so he's doing exactly what he's doing right he's doing, now, yeah, which is like nothing watching secret. YouTube and like exactly. chilling or listening to music. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but I definitely, I think that the Max and Mike sort of like headbutting towards the end of that season is really that full embodiment of like when you have everyone's had a friend where it's like their friends are telling them one thing and their boyfriend is telling them another thing and they, they don't both really think along. they know what's best for that person mm-hmm. and they both have good intentions and they're both a little bit right and a little bit wrong exactly on both exactly. ends like for sure because i think it's like mike saying you know she shouldn't be doing this because like she's weak and like she's trying she's pushing herself too hard and i'm i'm worried yeah and Max saying, you have to trust her to know her own limits, and she wants to help, so you can't stop her. Like, you can't tell her what to do. Exactly. And that's the thing, is they're both right and they're both wrong. Exactly. Like, Mike is right for being worried about her because she... She clearly is because, not well. Yeah, Ellie is the kind of person, it seems like, to push herself to the point of, like, maybe no sacrificing return. herself for mm-hmm. these people. Well, and it's happened, where she... Ha- it collapses and is, like, yeah, out of commission after. Of season one, right? That's basically what we were under the impression happened. And yeah. Mike is like, I love her. I don't want to lose her again, which is the moment where he says that he loves her, which yeah. is like, oh. <laughs> um, and Max is right too, where she's like, you, you, you need to trust her. Like no one knows her powers better yeah. than she does. And Nancy kind of says that. And she obviously want, wants to do it. So like, you should let her. And it's, again, they're both right and they're, they're both, both wrong. Right. Exactly. But like having that conversation is sort of that. It's a conversation where the person you're having the conversation about needs to be included in this conversation. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, right? It would just be resolved if she did just have the moment to be like, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it this way because... And I think they're having this conversation about her. And they obviously there are multiple conversations that are had about Elle without Elle being there. Because she's still learning how to articulate how she feels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and even really, exactly. like, identifying how she feels. Yeah. Or, right? like, what her, her motive is for, like, fixing the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's, like, what her actual, not motive, like, what her plan is. Where it's, mm-hmm. like, it's probably easier for her to, like, envision, like, this is what needs to be done versus, like, okay, here, I'm going to lay out the plan for you. Mainly because I can't even, like, verbalize all of that. Well, yeah, because we see that throughout yeah. the seasons. We've talked about the, like, sort of maybe lack of consistency of it, her language it development. quite a bit. Yeah. But the point that they're trying to make is that she grew up in a lab. So, yeah. like, she doesn't have the social vocabulary that everybody yeah. else would. And I think that their point gets across. Yeah. So it is just something, too, that, again, when you really think hard about it, she wouldn't even have the vocabulary for a lot of her emotions. And that's half the battle of like dealing with your emotions is identifying them. Yeah. So like words like anxious or uh, scared or elated or whatever, like these words that like some of them she would know, but then other ones she wouldn't wouldn't even have have the word to label the emotion or how she's (laughs) feeling. Or like you said, her motivations behind things like, yeah, those are all things that she's developing throughout these seasons because she's now out in the real world and everyone else is so far ahead of her in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. What do you got next? What do you got next? I have next? I have more like references that I love, okay. like 80s movie references, because yes. they do this in every season. So um, the Terminator. Yeah. That big Russian thug that's walking around all the time. Yes. So... So, so heavily Terminator. implied. So Terminator. He's the Terminator. He's obviously not a robot, but like he's like but he fucking might he, as well be. He says hardly <laughs> no words. He has a very thick accent. He he basically is like unbreakable. His, his posture also is <laughs> like to be admired. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Yeah, and, and even that's some very of the, much like the even some of the stances, right? Like the way he moves, it's very yeah. robotic. The way he talks is very robotic. So it's very like. Sort of uh, yeah. parallel to a robot, yeah, even though he he's a does, human. He also does look like the one bad, bad robot. I can't remember. It's been ages since I've seen the Terminator, but I know what I'm picturing in my head. And I'm going to find it because he does look like the one guy from the in, Terminator. In, Not Arnold Schwarzenegger, No, no, obviously. no. Yeah, I, it, I think... Is it from the second one? I think it is. I, I think I know who you're picturing for sure. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? We don't need to get stuck on this. <laughs> and even the way he is used throughout the season is very Terminator-esque in the way... From Terminator 1, just to clarify. In the way that Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 1 is the villain, right? Like, they're running away from him because they can't fight him. Because he's a robot, so you can't kill him. That guy. Yes. That's who you yeah, were thinking that's of? That's yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, for sure. He, de- no, he definitely looks <laughs> okay. like him. Um, so in Terminator 1, they're running away from him because they can't they can't kill him. Like, yeah. he's, he's a robot from the future, and he's also, like, huge and hulking and, like, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, how are you going to so do that? So most of Terminator 1 is, like, them running away from him because yeah. they that's the only option that they have. And Hopper and Joyce do that a lot in this season with this guy because he comes in, Hopper tries to fight him, and yeah. Hopper very quickly realizes that this guy's skill set yeah. is way beyond He's unkillable. Hopper's, yeah. <laughs> Which no is, offense. like, shocking. Because yeah, because even... Hopper can hold his own. <laughs> Clearly, we've, we've learned. Yeah, he can throw his weight around. <laughs> um, for sure. throw his weight around. But, um, but then, yeah, he quickly realizes, like, oh, I actually, I cannot match this dude. So a lot of the times when they see him, like, when they're running away with Alexi and stuff like that, like, they're just running from him. They're like, get in the car. We gotta We're, go. We have to run this, at he 300 kilometers an yeah. hour because he can somehow beat us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, heavy, heavy Terminator yeah. references there. Even, like, with the, like, gun and stuff, like, up on his shoulder. Like, some of the way, he, like, the way he stands and stuff is yeah. very, yeah, loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's russian though he's not austrian so it's yeah a big difference it's a huge would difference. have been a bit too on the nose i think just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um what was i gonna say here oh crap i had something now oh it's because you had just mentioned alexi i i i so i don't know how but i grew like a serious attachment to him and i was devastated yeah <laughs> like, i know i was just like he was just getting good i know he was a yeah. good character he, it, yeah he, him and Murray were just, like, the cutest, especially, like, the way things, like, it ended. It was just... I know. Like... Well, and it's all... It, it's so... Alexi functions to... Because I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, he does tell them a little bit about the... the um Whatever it's called. I can't remember what they keep calling it. It's not a base. It's not, like, a military base. But it's, like, whatever. The underground thing. Yeah. Where the Russians are opening the gate. Um... He tells, he gives them information about that. Yeah. But I think also part of his function is to show Murray's value. Yeah. Because they bring him to Murray because they're like, you're the only person we know that speaks Russian. Yeah, translate Um, him. (laughs) And he does speak Russian. And you're sort of like, whoa, okay, like. Yeah. 
yeah, it's not like a few words. You're fluent in Russian. Like, not yeah. very many people, I feel like, in America at the time were, like, fluent no, in Russian. No, if anything, at the time, it was, like, considered questionable because of, like, everything <laughs> yeah. that was going down. Like, if you, if you spoke Russian, you, like, probably worked for the government, right? Because yeah. it's, like, they were, <laughs> like, like, you had to be a Russian you. spy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's, like, they're showing that sort of, like, we... That it's an excuse to bring Murray in as yeah. well. Um, and their relationship is very funny. And yeah. this is where it comes back about Murray. I mm-hmm. was just going to circle back to it about, and I wrote it in differently in this episode note saying that, like, Murray is legit just, like, the best Cupid. Like, he really I know, is. I know. Like, he's the funniest Cupid because, like, this is when, like, you know, like, Hopper and Joyce are just, like, fighting constantly and it's just, like... I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's just like, oh, would you guys got a room already? Like, yeah, he's straight And they're like, both like, ew, each he, other? He's like, why don't you just pull over? Get on with it already. Like, it's just <laughs> one of those things where they're like, oh. And then when he yeah. says to Alexi in Russian, he's like, I'm telling them they should have sex. And Alexi's like, they, they haven't, haven't had sex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they have not? <laughs> like, it's so true. Yeah, it's, And they're it's both good. just like in the, like, I don't know. They're obviously not repulsed, but they both try to act like they're repulsed by like the thought of it. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys want a bone? Come on, mm-hmm. shut the hell yeah. up. Like, yeah. So it's just so funny that Murray constantly is like, to every couple possible he sees, just fucking get it on. Just right? like, come on, what the heck are you guys <laughs> come doing? Come on, what are we waiting here for? <laughs> we also get an, an, a moment to see... Because, like we said, Hopper is, like, he is a... He has value as far as, like, he gets shit done. He's he's not afraid to... He's not afraid to throw a few punches, to get through the door, whatever, all this stuff. And I think a lot of his um, value has been balanced between, like, intellect and brute force. But he is just a big hulking dude. So I think that we sometimes forget that, like, that's not all of his value. So in that situation with Alexi, when he tosses him out and throws him the car keys and he's like he's not gonna go because he's scared and then they're like well he's getting in the car and they're like oh well, no. he's driving away and they're like hopper <laughs> and he's just like no and no. in that moment i straight up even i forget every time I i'm like I, I think he's just gonna drive away and it's gonna make hopper look like an idiot yeah but it doesn't happen but he, he comes back and so you're sort of it's reaffirmed that like hopper is not only just no. the the goon that's going around like hitting people yeah. he's a really intelligent like he, detective yeah. right yeah. and and police officer he's like i can like predict that this guy is going to behave this way because he is scared and this is what a scared person will do next yeah like, like he's thinking it through yeah and it's just smart it and, is smart <laughs> yeah and in, in that moment they don't trust him they're like we think you're doing the wrong thing and yeah. then alexi comes back and they're like oh, okay okay oh, okay we should trust you more yeah yeah <laughs> do you have anything i I didn't really write any notes about him, but we can talk about him if if you have anything. The the mayor. I can't remember his name now. I didn't have much about him, really, other than just, like, I think he's, again, supposed to symbolize that sort of, like, corrupt... Like, we yeah. talked about corruption in the police. I think he's supposed to symbolize that, like, corruption in politics. Yeah. Right? Where, and- like, yeah, he didn't really realize he was, like, taking bribes. Mm-hmm. In order to have this, like, massive device built under the Star Court. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to use his power, right? Even with Hopper, where he's like, can you get these people off of my lawn or whatever? Like, just using how politicians are in cahoots with yeah. the police force. And obviously, Hopper's like, nah. Like, no, you well, I mean, eventually, <laughs> he, he has to do it, but, like, he kind of, at first, he's like, no, because. 
Like, I think they have a right to protest. But then he's like, he points out, he's like, they don't have permits to do that. And that's yeah. why Hopper ends up having to arrest them. But it's it's kind of shows that relationship between corruption throughout, like, police forces connected to politicians and all this stuff. And yeah. the, even the articles that come out at the end of the season to try and, like, explain what's happened. Yeah. A lot, one of the headlines, I think, said something like, corrupt mayor. Yeah. Blah, 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 right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Definitely. I didn't... Yeah. yeah, I don't think I have anything else that, like, came up or that, like, yeah. struck my attention with yeah. him. Other than just, yeah, sleazy, that, no, yeah. sleazy kind of politician. Just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of there. And then, yeah, doesn't Hopper just, like, hand his ass to him on a silver platter at one point? I can't remember. I feel oh, like, yeah, yeah he just beats the crap out of him. They come in. And then Joyce rips the phone cord out because yeah. the secretary is trying to call. The, and Joyce is like, who are you going to call? Yeah. Like, <laughs> who are you gonna call? Which is hilarious because I don't know if that's a Ghostbusters I think thing, so. but also it's just sort of like who you're gonna call? The chief of police is right there. Yeah, you know, like like that's him. <laughs> he's actually here already, yeah. and he's gonna kick his ass. Like, <laughs> such a good scene. It is so good. It is so good. Um. So speaking of '80s <clears throat> movies, obviously, Back to the Future heavy in this one, and I yeah. mentioned it in season two because Max has the same skateboard as marty mcfly and like i didn't realize that or whatever yeah. but um then in this season there they're actually in the movie theater watching back to the future yeah which is hilarious to me because so for any of you out there that have listened to john mulaney um he has a bit about back to the future and it's very funny like if yeah go and google it if you haven't seen it because you don't need to watch the whole stand-up but like this bit is very funny where he's talking about where he's like, imagine someone pitching Back to the Future, though. Like, he's like, how did that, like, how did that work? Where someone's like, okay, so he's gonna go back in time. Yeah. He's gonna try and fuck his mom. Yeah, and get whatever this. Stuff, whatever. He's gonna crawl into bed with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's gonna go back. Again. And then they're like, wait, so is it, like, back to the back to the past and they're like no it's back no they're like he goes to the past and then he goes back to the present so like they're like back to the present he's like no back to the future and it's like this whole bit about how it like doesn't really the title doesn't really make sense and the plot doesn't sound like the plot for like a family fun movie because it actually kind of sounds like a horror movie he's like there's this like old dude and this high school kid that are best friends that they never explain why and like (laughs) It's this, he goes through the whole plot of it and he's just like, how did this movie get made? But it's also a classic, right? Yeah, and, and we so love it. <laughs> in, in, the, in this season, when Steve and Robin are on their like LSD trip and they're, yes. they're drinking from the water fountain and Steve's like, or no, Robin's like, I think, I think she tried to have sex with her son. And he's like, what? And then she explains the whole plot, like basically the way John Mulaney does, where she's like, well... Or Steve's like, but I don't understand. Where isn't that back? Isn't so? Isn't he going back to the present or whatever? And she basically goes on and she's like, no, because it's like he's going. He goes to the past and then he's going back to his present, which is the future from the past. So it's like in his present, but he's going back to the future. And Steve's like, what? Like there's just like a moment <laughs> what? where she explains it in whatever way she does, yeah. and he's just like, huh? <laughs> in like true high person fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and I died because I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so. Yeah. I hope John Mulaney watches it, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, that was for that's me. It. Yeah, <laughs> I started this. I started it. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it's oh great. Oh my god! And then at the end, when they're um trying to get jobs at the video store, 
Yeah. And then he's like, three favorite movies go. And then Robins are like, cool. And then Steve's are like, not great. It's like, <laughs> they're like, Animal House is about like a frat house. Yeah. I mean, and it's um, like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. No, it's like of the time, but yeah. it's just very much like Steve Harrington's favorite it, it's movies. It's also very much of the time of like, yeah, that is what like, just like a regular jock would probably Yeah, exactly. Claim. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, that movie. He's like, that one we just saw. He's like with the like one. the guy from <laughs> and, the... Uh, and whatever. And then, then, then they go back in time. And, yeah. And, and it's just very funny because again he's he can't explain it because yeah. he doesn't understand the plot of it, <laughs> and he's even like hitting Robin in the arm to try and get her to like help him out, yeah. and she's just like, "What are you fucking talking about?" <laughs> like, like she's even confused. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. just uh, love that. Lo- yeah. Love Back to the Future. I truly do. Yeah, it's such this a is like your fourth tangent about it. So yeah, like, I, I think it is. <laughs> um, and then also the thing comes back around as well when I said in the first season like. Uh, their science teacher is watching the thing when Dustin calls him. And then I think there was also something in the second season. Oh, no, maybe not. I can't remember. Um, But Lucas says in this season... Is it Lucas? Oh, yeah, because he's drinking the can of Coke. But it's, like, the new Coke. Like, Mm. it's on the label. It's, like, new Coca-Cola taste or whatever. Um, And they're like, what the hell? And he's like, it's kind of like... Carpenter's the thing because the the original thing came out in the 50s and then John Carpenter remade it in the 70s mm. and a lot of people there's like a huge debate about like there's people that yeah. are divided as like the original is better and like the, the Carpenter remakes better yeah which one do you think is better I don't know if I've seen the 50s one okay that's the original yeah that's the original yeah. I-, I watched the John Carpenter one in my sci-fi class so my professor chose to show us that one mm, okay so no. Like I said, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, we watched the 50s version. Yeah. So, like, everyone has a different thing, right? So, obviously, my professor favored the John Carpenter yeah. one. Um, but, and I think the John Carpenter one is really, really hailed for its practical effects, which right. we, we, is is kind of what Stranger Things also tries to do. I think that's also their nod to the thing, is that, like, yeah. they do a lot of practical effects partnered with CGI a lot. Yeah. They do a lot more practical effects than a lot of fantasy sci-fi yeah like some shows do so um but then lucas says he's like you know it's kind of like carpenter's the thing he's like the original is good but carpenter's is is just better and he's talking about the new coke taste and he's comparing it so i was like that's like obviously another nod to the thing and he explicitly kind of says it so i'm wondering if that means like do the duffer brothers think the carpenter one is better like is that them kind of saying it i wonder you know Mm. where they're like that's our preference that's our preference (laughs) through lucas we're gonna tell you that lucas will say it yeah yeah oh man okay what do we got next what we got next we need to cover oh another 80s movie reference um alexi calls hopper a fat rambo Oh my do you God. remember this? I, I don't yeah. remember that. <laughs> when but... Hopper's, when um, they first take Alexi to Murray's and Murray's translating and Hopper's like, so so he Alexi's talking about how to get into like the fortress basically yeah. and Hopper's like, I'll, I'll get there. Like he's like, I'll get to the control room and Alexi just starts laughing and he's just like, ah, and he, and then Murray translates and he's like, he says you're like a fat Rambo, <laughs> like because of your courage basically. But yeah. Alexi's like, but even if you were skinny Rambo, nobody could get in there. Like, yeah. he's just, even he's if just you saying, were. like, which also is hilarious, because I've never really thought of Sylvester Stallone as, like, skinny. Like, no. he's buff. Like, yeah. he's, like, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's burly um, in my mind or whatever. So, he's like, even if you were skinny Rambo, I'm like, who the fuck is skinny Rambo? Like, Maybe they just meant, like, a regular Rambo versus, like, Hopper, who, like, he's had a few beers. Yeah, like, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. But, um, I mean, he's a skinny Rambo in season four, but... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, we'll get there. Yeah, so I liked that reference as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Okay, what is next? I'm trying to think, see where we are. What we got? That's too much of a closer note, so we're not touching that yet. I don't have much else, to be honest, actually. Well, okay, then let's talk about... We'll just talk briefly about the mind flare at the end. Okay, yeah. And Billy, because that is a big moment. Of course. That is a big max moment. A huge max moment, which obviously gets, like, flashback to... Endlessly in the next season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like Billy gets some redemption there. I feel like he does. Oh, for sure. Fully get redemption. Like, obviously, it doesn't, like, rid him of kind of, like, the, the shit that he's pulled off yeah. over the last little while. But, like, I think Elle does get through to him in, in like, the best way imaginable by, like, relating to him and his, like, childhood when it was good. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Him, like, actually sacrificing himself was, like, the most redeemable quality possible. Yeah, I think that's something that's used a lot in media where it's, like, if you need to redeem a character for, Sacrifice like, some them. pretty bad things. <laughs> for some pretty yeah. shitty behavior. Quickly, then very sick. sacrificing their life is kind of, like, the way to surefire do it. way to do it, you yeah. know? Yeah, because, like, now even in season four, you don't really remember Billy in a vain light. You no. really don't. No, it's true. It's only flashback to, like, that we're sad that he's gone sort of thing. And that Max you wish he had really a second sad. chance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Whereas, like, like, when, for me, rewatching season two, like, you're like, oh, he's a pretty... He's a fucking asshole. He's a pretty bad dude. They just <laughs> try to... He's a pretty bad guy. Yeah. They just, they try to... They try to show you why he is the way that he is, so yeah. as to build a more complex character, right? And you, they, mm-hmm. you do, you do feel sympathy for him, in, yeah, in a in a way, right? Because his dad is obviously terrible, um, <laughs> yeah. But and then again in season three, I don't necessarily. It's I feel like they because Billy wasn't a nice character in season two, it feels at first like the bad things that he's doing are sort of like, oh, well, yeah, like it's it's easy to believe because it's Billy. Whereas like really like the actual terrible things he's doing are not him. No. It's the mind flayer. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But because it's in the body of someone that we know to have also been portrayed kind as a of villain, a shitty guy. Yeah. It, those actions seem to blend together yeah. a bit. So you're sort of like, it makes him feel like an ultra villain almost. Exactly. I think. Yeah. But then at the end of it, you're reminded of like, no, he actually was just like a person. Yeah. And he wasn't treating people very kindly. But again, he was, it was, they show you the flashbacks with his mom and they show you like that he was just, he was in a lot of pain and he was lashing out and like not handling it properly. Yeah. And then again, redeems himself because he then sacrifices himself. Yeah. 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 Pretty good redeeming quality, yeah. Yeah, Max, like, I've... That's, again, like, I I keep going back to, like, how good of an actress I think Sadie Sink is. Like, Mm -hmm. and, like, obviously when she's, like, realizing what's happening, like, 
that that's like powerful where it's mm -hmm. like it's I feel like for me particularly you know I'm like this like when I'm watching something it's hard to make me like well up mm -hmm. unless it's Dustin <laughs> I'm just like unless it's just anything Dustin does city, no matter yeah. what but like yeah when she's like screaming out for him it's just kind of like oh shit I'm gonna cry in a second mm -hmm. <laughs> like you're just like why yeah. do I all of a sudden feel so bad like yeah yeah it's it's good she's good she's good shit and I think it says a lot about her character because Billy's not even, like, her brother by blood. Like, they're step-siblings, yeah. right? And he... They don't show you any moment where he's ever been nice to her. Yeah. But her being so distraught by his death shows you a lot about her as a person. Mm -hmm. And her character and her yeah. values as far as being like, yeah, but he's family. And, like, I still love him. And they really explore that a lot more in season four. But yeah, it says a lot about... Yeah, her understanding, I think her maturity to understand why Billy was the way that he was, to know that, like, deep down, he wasn't as evil as the Mind Flayer, yeah. right? Like, he was just, yeah, he yeah. was acting, he was acting like a bad person because he was so... Uh, troubled. Just so troubled and so sad, yeah. right? And I think that's what shows in how upset she is that he's gone. Yeah. Because I think she's like, he he could have turned out to he be... He could have been. Like, yeah. A, a better person. Yeah. If he had like, another chance. I think she's, like, realizing that a moment in that moment that, like, had he just made it through the other side of this exact scenario, mm -hmm. he would likely come out of it being a better person. Yeah. And I think that's a complex, like, emotion for, like, a kid to go through, but you, like, see it in her face. Like, yeah. this shouldn't be his end, and yet it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think just the fact that he sacrificed himself for all of them. Immediately made her realize, like, that, previous like, feelings were wrong. That Yeah, that deep down at his core, he is a good person. Yeah. Because a bad person would have just, like, been Not like, you that. guys are fucked. I'm off. Yeah, I'm done. It. You know, see like, yeah. <laughs> Me, uh, I would be like, okay, bye, kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have a good time. Yeah, but it's like that. Well, it's, yeah. sort of, it's almost like that Steve Harrington scenario where he's like, I'm going to step up because I'm going to protect these children. I'm the only, like, cl closest thing to an adult here, yeah. right? And where, so, like, if I don't, I'm going to get scolded. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was um, an interesting way to take someone like Billy, like I said, who in a way in season two was like somewhat of a villain yeah and then end him on a way that you you remember him as more than just that more than just his yeah. actions and the things that he says but like a fuller character yeah yeah mm -hmm. i agree definitely yeah my only note was about hopper's speech at oh. the end of season three because it's it yeah you like you almost forget about the note that he wrote you really do. Yeah, I forget every time. You forget about it, and then when Joyce finds it, and she's just like, she's touched because she's already seen it. She helped him write it. But she thinks it's already been delivered. She doesn't think anything of it. So when she hands it to, to Elle, she doesn't really realize the impact it's about to have. Yeah, and I don't even know if Joyce knows all of the letter because yeah. she wrote half of it with him and then they show Hopper sitting down and at, continuing. His, at the cabin and then continuing to write the letter, right? Yeah. And that's the the second half of it where he it's very emotional yeah. and of course he's like i explaining his feelings and like i just don't want to lose you again and, yeah um but I, like, i'm really scared and whatever yeah. but like yeah i want i know you're growing up and i know yeah that i can't hold on to you forever and everything right and all that part which is just again such a realistic i think way to describe how a father would be feeling at that point yeah. In fatherhood, where it's yeah. like your daughter is, I don't know how old exactly they're supposed to be, like 13 now? 
uh, yeah, probably something, something like around that. there something where it's like, like your daughter is growing up yeah and you're scared that she's just gonna grow up and leave you right and yeah yeah it's very oh, it's very touching it's so and, endearing yeah yeah and of course we know that hopper is still alive yeah because like i mean this isn't a spoiler i mean we're obviously like yeah. season four is out right it's out. <laughs> but um yeah i think in that moment when you're not sure because they don't show you that until after like when i when this season came out season three i i mean i, I wasn't sure i was hoping that they were like he wasn't dead oh yeah but they hadn't they, explained like, it yet they, like imply that he might st- still be alive but also like it's just a question mark well, it's just the fact that, like, that you don't see a body, right? He's just gone. Yeah. That you're like, oh, okay, okay. So, like, he's, he must not be dead. But yeah. they don't show it to you until after this when they then show you the Russian prison at the very, very end, the, yeah, right? So, and then, yeah. then you know for sure he's alive. But in this moment... You think he's dead. You're questioning, really, whether he's dead or not. And, like, Joyce is very upset and Al is very upset. Like, and it's just... it Oh, it really tugs at my heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always cry through that part. Yeah, that's a rough I think one. I've said that like eight times throughout this show where I'm like, I always cry at this scene. I always cry at this <laughs> and scene. And it's like, but are I we do. just like crying the whole time? <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> yeah, the emotional parts are really emotional. Yeah. Oh, man. But I think that's, um, I think that just speaks to like good character writing. It I does. think that yeah. people watching this show, if you like this show, I it goes I without saying that you care about these characters. Yeah. So... That's half the battle, I think, in media writing is that you need to get, you need to write characters that people care about. Yeah. That people relate to and that people want to root for. Exactly. Right? Exactly. They've, they've done that in spades. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the end of my notes. Me too. I think that's the end. I think that's the end. I think this is the The end. end. Imagine we just like. The end, the end. End it there. (laughs) (laughs) Never review season four. No season four. Oh my god. That would be like torture. That, that would be yeah. like Russian military base torture. That would like. be the worst. That would, yeah, that that would be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm very excited to obviously do this one, so. I know. All right, so let's All just right, quickly we'll, say bye so that we'll we can. See you, yeah, we'll see you back for season four. All right, okay, so sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. <laughs> and if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at how to not get killed. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. And thanks for listening. Keep sleazing. Bye. Bye. Thank you.